The following podcast is sponsor content from Amazon. A Fine Mist of Blood by Michael Connolly. Part two. Diane Gables wasn't home. They had timed their arrival for 5.30 p.m., figuring that with the stock market having been closed since 1 p.m., Gables would easily be finished with work for the day. What do you want to do? Edgar said as they stood at the door. Go back to the car, wait a while. Back in the car, they talked about the case and the possibilities. What if there was no man with a gun and there's no black SUV outside McIntyre's? Bosch asked. What if that was all bullshit? Why would she say it? Edgar asked. To throw off the investigation. Yeah, but she would have been better off not saying anything and getting the hell away from there. Her claim to be a witness still puts her at the scene of the crime. Bosch didn't answer. He knew Edgar was right. Bosch's theory that Gables was some kind of hit woman had a lot of holes in it. He was pulled away from such thoughts when Edgar pointed through the windshield. There she is. A late model Range Rover pulled into the driveway. Bosch and Edgar got out and crossed the front lawn to meet Gables as she took the stone path from the driveway to her front door. Bosch saw her recognize Edgar, and her eyes immediately started scanning from the front door of her house to the street and the houses of her neighbors. Her head didn't swivel, only her eyes, and Bosch recognized it as a tell. Fight or flight? It could have been a natural reaction to two strange men approaching her, but Bosch didn't think so. He had seen the recognition in her eyes when she had identified Edgar. A pulse of electricity began moving in his blood. Miss Gables? Edgar said. Jerry Edgar, you remember me? As planned, Edgar was taking the lead before passing it off to Bosch. Gables paused on the path. She was carrying a stylish red leather briefcase. She acted as though she was trying to place Edgar's face, and then she smiled. Of course, Detective. How are you? I'm fine. And you? I'm fine. What can I do for you? I'm afraid I wasn't much help on your case. This is my partner, Detective Bosch, and we would like to ask you a few follow-up questions, if you don't mind. I don't mind. I just don't see where I can be of any help. I told you I didn't see or hear anything. You never know, Bosch said. Sometimes telling a story twice reveals new details. Gables looked at him and hesitated for a moment as she was about to put her key into the front door lock. Finally, she unlocked it and entered first, greeted by the beeping of an alarm warning. She quickly punched a four-digit combination into an alarm control box on the wall. Bosch and Edgar stepped in behind her and she ushered them into the living room. Why don't you gentlemen have a seat? I'm going to go put my things down and be right back. Would either of you like something to drink? I'd take a bottle of water if you got it. Edgar said. I'm fine. Bosch said. You know what? Edgar said quickly. I'm fine, too. Gables glanced at Bosch and seemed to register that he was the alpha. She said she'd be right back. After she was gone, Bosch looked around the room. It was a basic living room set up with a couch and two chairs surrounding a glass-topped coffee table. One complete wall was built in bookshelves, filled in with what looked by the titles to be crime novels. He noticed there were no personal displays, no framed photographs anywhere. 
They remained standing until Gables came back and pointed them to the couch. She took a chair directly across the table from them. She was attractive in a professional sort of way, a short no-nonsense cut to her brown hair, slim, athletic build. She sat straight and looked straight at one or the other of them, no longer scanning because she was inside her comfort zone. Still, Bosch knew through his training and interview techniques that normal eye contact between individuals lasted an average of three seconds between intervals. Each time Gables looked at Bosch, she held his eyes much longer. It was a sign of stress. Now, what can I tell you? She asked. Frankly, I forgot the whole incident. I was rereading the reports. Bosch said. They included your explanation for being in the area. You were at the police station filling out a report. That's right. It didn't say, though, where exactly your car was parked when it got damaged the night before. I parked on Tamarind and then went down around the corner and ate at Bird's. When I came out after, the back taillight was smashed and the bumper scraped. You didn't call the police then? No, I didn't. Nobody was there. It was a hit and run and they didn't even leave a note on my car. They just took off and I thought I was out of luck. Did you meet someone for dinner? No, I was alone. Why is that? Because I just was. I don't mind eating alone, detective. Some people have a hard time with it, but I actually prefer it. Why birds? You live all the way up through the pass in Studio City. Well, first of all, I love the food there. And second, I was thinking of moving to Beachwood Canyon at the time, so I'd been going there at night to get a feel for the neighborhood around there. But you didn't move there? Not yet. I haven't found the right place. Plus, I admit... I was mad that my car got hit over there and nobody left a note on my windshield. Bosch nodded. So what made you come back to Hollywood the next day and file the report on the hit and run? I called my insurance company first thing in the morning and they said I needed it if I wanted to file a claim to cover the damages. Bosch was covering ground that was already in Edgar's report. He was looking for variations, changes. Repeated witness accounts often had inconsistencies and contradictions. But Gables wasn't changing the narrative at all. The traffic camera puts you within a few blocks of the shooting. Are you sure you didn't hear the shots that were fired? No, nothing. I had my windows up and the air conditioning on. It was a hot day. Then you were driving fast? Yes. I was going to be late for an appointment. Who was that with? A client. You seem nervous, Miss Gables. Is it unsettling to have two detectives sitting in your living room? Unsettling? Well, yes, I guess so. You can't help but think maybe you're guilty of something. I prefer Ms., if you don't mind. Ms., it is. I guess it's the first time you've had any involvement in a murder case. <laughs> yes. Not a normal part of my life. She shook her shoulders, as if to intimate a shiver, that police and murder investigations were foreign to her. Bosch stared at her for a long moment. She had either somehow forgotten about seeing the armed man with a ski mask coming out of the garage where Roy Allen McIntyre was murdered, or she was lying. Bosch thought the latter. He thought Diane Gables was a killer. How do you pick them? He asked. She turned directly toward him, her eyes locking on his. Pick what? Bosch paused, squeezing the most out of her stare and the moment. You're a stockbroker, aren't you? Bosch asked. How do you pick the stocks you want to get behind? Due diligence, Gables said. Careful analysis and prognostication. Then I have to say I throw in my hunches. You gentlemen use hunches, don't you? Every day. 
They were silent for a while as they drove away. Bosch thought about the carefully worded answers Gables had given. He was feeling stronger about his hunch every minute. What do you think? Edgar finally asked. I think it's her. Her eyes gave her away. Oh, come on, Harry. You're saying she's a stone-cold killer because you can read it in her eyes? She also lied. She never mentioned the McIntyre case because she thought we didn't know about it. She didn't want us going down that path, so she lied and said we were the only detectives she's ever met. It was a lie by omission. A lie is a lie. I think it's her. She plans these things and takes precautions in case she or her car are seen in the vicinity. She plays witness on McIntyre. On Randolph, she goes into the station and files a report, then goes to his place and pops him in the garage. She gets tagged running the light. She's got a built-in alibi. It's a stretch, Harry. Just saying. I want to get inside her house. She's got to have a place where she studies and plans these things. So you think she's a pro? A female gun for hire? Or some kind of vigilante? I don't know. Maybe she reads the paper and picks her targets. People she thinks need killing. Dark justice and all that. If we get inside her place, we'll know. Edgar drove silently while he composed a response. Bosch knew what was coming before he said it. Harry, I respect your hunch, man. I have seen that come through more than once, but there ain't enough here. No judge is going to give us a warrant to go back in there. Bosch took his time answering. He was grinding things down, coming up with a plan. Maybe, maybe not. He finally said. Depends on the judge. True. This has been part two of A Fine Mist of Blood by Michael Connolly. The story concludes with part three. Check out season two of Bosch on Amazon Video beginning March 11th. <laughs>